0: Hi, I'm T2, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon because they're super gentle to my wires and boards. I think you should too. Go to patreon.com forward slash Gen X Grown Up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, of course, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. You know that George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In 1981, a Los Angeles school teacher and a mid-level FBI agent encountered aliens in the desert and were given a super-powered suit. (laughs) I'm already giggling. (laughs) I love this show. Together, (laughs) they worked to use the suit to fight crime and corruption, but things could have gone smoother if only they hadn't lost the instruction manual. (laughs) In this backtrack, we remember the adventures of Bill and Ralph as seen in the Gen X television series, The Greatest American Hero. I was already doing the puns in the tease for this last episode, so they're (laughs) not going to end anytime soon. I'm just going to warn you now. (laughs) I appreciate
1: the warning. It's, you know. Yeah, I mean. Let's be mentally prepared for it. And, you know.
0: I try to be fair. This was such a, I, I loved this show. I know we've talked a little bit before we started recording. George remembers it fondly, but not a lot of details. Mo remembers it vividly as well. And I just, it's such a great show. It's one that I've always loved so much. But anyway, I don't know why I didn't do this backtrack sooner. But before we get to that, it is, oh, as always, time for some fourth listener email. The three of us, we're going to listen. Usually we're forced to. But <laughs> if anybody else listens, that's our fourth. <laughs> listener. And this time around, what I did is I pulled a selection of comments on our Discord server at genexpertcom slash Discord. I don't do that as well as George, but <laughs> <laughs> many of our listeners and followers, yeah, they, they follow us over on Discord. And I had several comments about the last backtrack we did all about comedian Gallagher. And I want to share those with you and oh, the other fourth listeners. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the first one comes from Chad and Chad says, I'm with Mo. I have never been a fan of Gallagher either. Didn't get swayed by the podcast either. <laughs>
2: (laughs) Well, that's fair. Okay, yeah. I mean, I kind of got swayed the other way. I was a fan (laughs) first, and then I was like, eh maybe i shouldn't be that
0: was kind of your research did that to you a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know we post some videos you know excerpts from a lot of these and many many people said the same thing as you did george you're like yeah he was kind of a one-trick pony and he's he kind of should be canceled today that kind of thing And you know, it's a different time but you know yeah. it, we didn't notice it as kids we talked about it in the show <laughs> yeah. chad goes on to say i'm just thankful there won't be a carrot top episode since he's not a gen
1: x touchstone oh no, <laughs> geez no <laughs>
2: If my kids and your kids start to do a millennium podcast, who knows?
1: No. Yeah.
2: Maybe carrot top will go in there. Who knows?
0: (laughs) sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not going to listen to that one. Let's just go on record. Yeah. Uh, the next uh, fourth listener who chimed in on Discord is Fat Tony, mm-hmm. uh, longtime supporter over there on oh, Discord. Yeah. And Tony says, Gallagher for me was more a curiosity than anything. Never sought <laughs> him out, but might watch for a bit if I wandered across him. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know I've heard anybody that said Gallagher's my favorite comedian, but a lot of people just said, I remember him or I didn't like him or I did. But, oh, yeah. I mean, he had a huge impact. Yeah, he was, he was kind yeah. of small doses, wasn't he? Yeah.
2: I'm almost embarrassed at how Much I enjoyed him back then. Now (laughs) knowing what you know now, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not only watching the episode. His concert, the Mattis But now hearing all the people on Discord going, "Eh, he's not that great." I'm like, "Well, Jesus Christ, I must have been a jerk back then."
0: <laughs> just we were jerks of our time, though. So, mm. yeah. uh, Pat Tony wraps it up by going, "I was always a Cosby fan, having grown up listening to my dad's comedy records." Yeah. So he just chiming in, another yeah. Gen X era comic, another one who time has not looked upon favorably. So mm. <laughs> we're never going <laughs> to not, have not as badly, episode. not as badly. Cosby clearly <laughs> worse than Gallagher, who was just a one trick pony that might have been a little misogynistic. Uh, And finally... (laughs) Brad B hit us up over on Discord, also talking about the Gallagher episode. We didn't have cable growing up. But a friend convinced me to rent one of Gallagher's mini acts on video. Okay. So didn't have the HBO right. experience. Yep, yep. Yep. He said, it was the first time I was busted dropping the F bomb at home.
1: What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. I'm sure that's an appropriate response to that, that watching is. Gallagher for the yeah, first time. I think it's fair. Sure. I totally yeah. agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Chad and Tony and Brad, for writing in your comments over on Discord. If you would like your comments featured on the show, it is drop dead easy. You can ping us over on Discord like they did, or hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'll read every single one, and most of them, just like these fine folks, will be featured on the show. All right. With that great business behind us, it is definitely time to jump into this backtrack on the greatest American hero. Ready right
2: for this? I'm Allison Holland
0: Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know.
3: Take heart, America. At last, help is on the way. He may be unable to leap tall buildings in a single bound. He may be slower than a speeding bullet. And he may be less powerful than a locomotive. But he's working on it. Butterfingers. Give the poor guy a chance. He's just getting started. Good. God, Ralph, superpowers. But when he gets it going, there's no stopping. Make way for the greatest American hero. He's coming to save us this Wednesday.
0: The iconography of the greatest American hero is—I don't think it could be overstated. You have the bright red, ridiculous suit with the black cape. You have the oh, circle yeah. with the weird symbol, and you have the frizzy blonde hair of William Cat, oh,
2: the 1980s perm.
1: perm. Yep. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yep. I was
2: thinking,
0: <laughs> even if you never watched a whole episode, I don't think anybody growing up in our era doesn't know who we're talking about. When we're talking about the greatest American hero. Uh, this was a series that premiered as a two-hour pilot movie, March 18th. 1981 and just in case you aren't super familiar with it the basic synopsis is uh, so ralph hinckley is an la public school teacher he actually teaches remedial education like basically the (laughs) the gangbanger kids that are ready to drop out he's kind of taking care of those kids (laughs) right yeah exactly so he takes them on a school field trip and he encounters aliens a ufo (laughs) In the desert, gives him a super suit that endows him with superhuman abilities. Basically, makes him Superman.
1: Yeah, essentially.
0: Plus, actually Superman plus. Plus, right, more than Superman can do. The important part is that the man's not super, the suit is super. Right. Just the guy. And it only works on Ralph, is the catch, right? So he couldn't give it to somebody else. It only works for him. During that encounter, he's also instructed by the aliens to hereafter collaborate with FBI Special Agent Bill Maxwell to use the suit as a means to fight crime and injustice in the world. And the rest of the series is them going forth, trying the best they can to do that.
2: See, that just goes to show john lays out this beautiful synopsis and in my mind when i was what 12 years old at that point Mm -hmm. i for some reason thought he accidentally got the suit he wasn't the intended wearer or something Mm. and that he just happened to get in the way of some kind of crazy handoff between aliens and Ah, somebody who was more deserving Mm. obviously (laughs) that's not what happened no no picked him out apparently that's right yeah Yeah. he was specially selected why (laughs) he's a good guy like do they ever answer that question in the series because i know it was on for a few years did they Uh, ever say
3: kind of aliens picked out this guy because
1: of kind of we'll get we'll get to that they kind of do okay all
3: right
1: but john you have got like the most key part of this show i I, I did i was that's where i was
0: coming back to with george right so the biggest clincher to this whole thing (laughs) aliens have selected this guy on this planet to represent them and be superhero and take care of stuff. And of course, when they give him the suit, they also give him some detailed instructions on how to utilize the suit. And he promptly drops it in the middle of the desert before he gets in the car and he never has instructions. Mm. And
2: that's really the running gag in the whole show. Yeah. I, like, part of me also thinks I rem- I concocted half this stuff in my mind that <laughs> the instructions got super miniaturized and that's how he lost them. Like, I'm conflating Green Lantern <laughs> and Superman and Ant Man all into one thing yeah. from back then, apparently. Yep. I blame yep. the
1: MCU. It's just too many movies to keep track
0: of. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. L- l- might as well blame, them. you know, they have broad shoulders. We can give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> the show was created by Stephen J. Cannell. You've probably heard. Heard that name if you spent any time watching TV in Generation X. Uh, he was at Universal TV at the time. He co created a series called Chase. He co-created the Rockford Files, okay, Beretta, City one? of Angels, and Bob Bob Black Sheep. Oh, Bob he Black did Bob Sheep. Bob Black yep. Sheep. All before 1980 happened. Wow, yeah. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then went on to form his own company in 79. And that company was responsible for stuff like 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. Oh, oh. boy, that little one-year thing. Uh, the Greatest American <laughs> Hero, as we mentioned. The Quest, The A-Team, Hardcastle yeah, okay. Castle McCormick, Riptide, and Hunter. All Stephen J. Cannell Corporation television series.
2: Well, he did The A-Team, so they were all on around about the same periods of time. It was like every TV show ended with his little, kicker at the end of it. I, mm-hmm. Isn't he the one that's at the typewriter and he pulls a exactly. piece of paper he out and pulls it goes it out, flying throws all it. over? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it lands on the stack of paper makes a little C and that's the Canel exactly. logo. That's yeah. right.
0: That's him. Yep. Mm. So he created this at his company as soon as he formed it. He, he formed his company in 79. Greatest American Hero came out in 81. So when, when he founded the show, what he had in mind was a bit different than what ultimately became what people know the show as. So he, he has explained in many interviews that he planned The Greatest American Hero as a series that emphasizes real-life problems this is not meant to be the you know the big bad monster of the week or the Russian spies or whatever mm-hmm. it was really meant to be run-of-the-mill kind of like crime and and stuff that you know we've talked recently about how popular police procedurals are this was really mm-hmm. meant to be a police procedural with a superhero in it mm. but what happened is so ABC said fine let's do that but when they got to the second season and later what they really wanted was it wasn't resonating great with adults so they started kiddifying it making it a little <laughs> more funny a little less serious a little little more a little less focus on the family problems and the interpersonal relationships mm. and more on save the day every week kind of thing and everything is happy mm. you got to watch that first season
1: to really feel what cannell was trying to do and the subsequent seasons kind of a bit of a shadow of that still good but it just amazed me that they said it wasn't attracting enough adults so we're going to make it more childish i i, I guess they thought the, the kid audience was I'm just who-
2: curious why does that amaze you <laughs> i know that's i true. mean that's, that's, <laughs> that's good, good that's point. good hollywood logic i mean they, if you can't find one audience let's change it and try and
1: find a different one but i guess it said like so were they trying to get like a younger viewership i don't know but yeah i i kind of felt that though you watch the seasons mm-hmm. it's like you feel for the characters the first season second season it's like i said you kind of get it's a little more distant i guess you know because mm-hmm. they said they're it, it gets sillier saving the day big thing yeah yeah i get where you're going with that mo i i guess george's confusion and uh, is is that it wasn't attracting
0: enough adults why would you go for the adults harder i think really they felt it was easier because it was a superhero to go toward the kids was my always yeah. my understanding from what i heard from cannell and he hated that and the actors hated that. William Cat already felt goofy in that suit and the things he had to do. And then he had to do sillier and sillier things. Later in the series, even, even the actors were a bit disenfranchised with the direction the series went.
2: Mm. Mm. Good thing we're taking time to remember this fondly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but none of that damages it for me. It just it hurt it for these poor people <laughs> that were putting out the show. There are several things about the series, if you watched it regularly though, that you know, as I go back and I watch it, and I will go back every probably every couple of weeks, I'll go watch an episode. You remember what television was like back in the 80s no think about the A-Team and the Knight Rider kind of stuff Mm -hmm. this was a superhero series that had a lot of special effects to do probably the most obvious special effect everybody knows from The Greatest American Hero is the goofy green screen stuff where he's flailing his arms and trying to fly
3: It's not going great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And they reused so much of that over and over and over. There were continuity problems. He'd have something in his hand when he leapt, and then they used a stock piece of footage where he didn't have anything in his hand. Mm -hmm. just didn't work out. But other than that, a lot of it was practical effects, which to me, looking back these days, it looks weird, but it looks So much cooler to see how did they accomplish that in camera.
2: You talk about all the weird stuff that they had to do to make it believable in 1980s Mm, television, mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I kind of wonder, it feels like limitations obviously were paramount because they couldn't do the stuff that we think of as simple to do now with CGI and and, uh, photography. But they also probably had very small, limited budget. This came out in 81. That's before a lot of his hits were big, like the A-Team and stuff, mm-hmm. which came out right. a year or two later. You're right. He might not have had enough money to really do stuff. And I remember I remember weird things from the show that I – I'm going to say this throughout the entire episode. I don't really know if these are real or not because my memory <laughs> okay. is apparently flawed – I thought I remembered a thing where like he was trying to take off for flying and he would like almost jump into the ground like a hard bouncing thing to bounce himself off the ground kind of. I, I don't know why uh, I have that in my head.
1: He bounced a lot when he was flying, but
2: <laughs> yeah, th- there, well, there's some of that every time so <laughs> that's, you bring up another really good point. So
0: because he's in practical effects, it was a lot of hard cuts between somebody having like basically an exercise trampoline like a little round circular right. one that you'd hide yeah. behind a rock or something and he would bounce on that like that's his takeoff and then he would as soon as he leapt and you can imagine the rest of the footage is him falling on a mattress uh, right right but they sure. cut immediately to him going ah, ah, ah flying yeah. in the sky and there was also if you watch the pilot if you go back and watch that one I mean, flying was not even obvious he didn't know if he could fly for sure it wasn't until he sure. tried and he's like yeah. well
2: i'll give it a shot and it went so poorly you said that they reused a lot of shots like where he yeah. had something in his hand and didn't and everything yeah. wasn't that kind of the standard because i the for me the oh, show yeah. that epitomized that more than any other show yeah. was battlestar galactica
3: mm-hmm. oh
2: yeah every other scene was the same cylon swooping in from the top and going across <laughs> it was like all from the pilot episode just reusing the
0: same
1: mm-hmm. thing yeah.
2: over and over and over Played it in
0: reverse and you know what that's why the symbol <laughs> on his chest is symmetrical so it looks the same reversed so you can mirror it one way or the other it's not an s <laughs>
2: oh no they didn't
0: choose that oh they did they did not choose it that way. Oh they
1: did. Really? They did. Yeah. One of the many, yeah. many decisions they
0: made to try to simplify well, production.
1: You think about like how campy I guess the flying looked on this. Mm-hmm. You know, you think yeah. about like the first Superman movie, right? With Christopher Reeve, Kent 78, and that was pretty good to do flying. But I've mm-hmm. never seen it what awesome. it took for them to do that yeah. was a huge effort. I mean, it was mm-hmm. massive. And I can't imagine that they – like, George, like you said, like they, they would have a budget to, right. to spend that much time mm-hmm. on every episode to have him <laughs> actually look decent flying, especially, I guess, when he's supposed to be bad at it, right? Well, yeah.
2: especially because you're talking about Superman. That's supposed to be the greatest superhero of all time. It was going to be a big – budget motion picture mm-hmm. Richard Donner mm-hmm. was trying to film it number one and two at the same time they threw money at that guy left right and they still fired him for Superman 2 yeah. yeah I can't imagine <laughs> these guys had any money and I just wonder we're talking a lot about the flying but we know he had other powers but it seems I don't know why but it seems odd that the main thing I remember from the show is the flying mm-hmm. I don't remember <laughs> heat vision or mental yeah. telepathy or any
1: of that kind of stuff that he might have had well, I, I don't blame you because this power is kind of they came in and left like episode by episode. Mm. Very inconsistent. Yeah. It's, it's like whatever mechanism they needed for that episode. He had a power for it. It was like a power
2: <laughs> of the week. Huh?
0: Every now and then, I think that was kind of a gimmick that they didn't decide up front what his powers were. And then when they needed a power, they would conveniently. Oh, he figured out how to do something. Yeah. Like I vividly <laughs> remember midway through the first we season. We found the appendix
1: in the manual yeah
0: <laughs> midway first season like he needed this ability to be able to to like channel something like to hold a hat somebody had put it on your head and you can envision where they were mm. he never had that before that episode he's just like oh look i found this new ability if i focus on this thing there's an episode i'll talk about later where he finds some new abilities as there's a couple other really cool things that uh, cool as
1: <laughs> subjective cool i guess back in the day yeah well
0: watching it now and never knew it as a kid never thought about a stunt man william cat was a tall lanky athletic guy you know thin fit the stunt man who did all of his stunts still athletic guy much shorter, much stockier, pitch black hair with a wig that mostly covered his black hair. And so many times you see him running and you're like, that?" Did he get stepped on? He's so short. He must have, he must have been a full like 6 inches shorter than
1: William Cat to do all of those stunts. That's bad. That must have been somebody's brother or something because he, there's there's plenty of stuff in that There's got to be a better one out there than that guy. I mean, there's a whole
2: character developed to devoted in a Quentin Tarantino movie to stuntmen and how they're made to they're hired mm-hmm. to look like yeah. the people they portray i can't imagine that they hadn't figured that out in 1981 hollywood i'm sure they had they just yeah, i'm sure i'm sure they have how many photos have
0: you seen on on twitch or facebook or somewhere of dwayne johnson and his stunt double and like you could barely tell them apart or vin right. diesel or something those are guys with very specific body types and they figured it out but apparently <laughs> Stephen J. Yeah. cannell could not <laughs> There's so much more we're going to talk about, about the greatest American hero. As soon as we get back from the break, we're going to jump into the key characters and the actors who brought them to life. Stick around.
1: You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes. And
0: luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm gonna take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're gonna try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up, but if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later.
3: I don't know how it happened or why I was chosen, but every time I put on this suit, Something happened. And nobody understands. Not my friends. Good God, Ralph. Superpowers. Not my son. Dad, what is that? Not even this crazy FBI agent that I know. Kid, you really are hopeless. But when they're in trouble, who do they call? The The greatest greatest American American Hero. hero. That's right. We
0: were just talking about William Catt's stuntman who didn't quite match his body type. But the man you saw the face of The Greatest American Hero was, of course, William Cat himself. And he played Ralph Hinkley or the hero. Now, odd, like so many heroes, he's not the Green Lantern, the Blue Ghost. He's just <laughs> the hero. He never had a name. And anyone who ever saw him in public as the superhero just assumed he was a nutcase
1: right well
0: yeah okay I mean,
2: that i kind of remember now like yep. yeah he didn't have a superhero moniker is what you're getting at Mm-mm. no no right. nothing he was a rumor kind of like people heard of him like oh have
0: you heard of the you know the, the dark ghost or something but it was more <laughs> of like have you seen this knucklehead running around town it was it was really just <laughs> the way people would react to somebody running in a super suit
2: around town especially a goofy red one if they made this tv show today they would have said this schmuck that's trying to get on youtube all the time who the hell is this guy? that's yeah. right that's what his character would be. That's right.
0: And as I mentioned early on, the intent was for this show to be very grounded in real life problems. And in a lot of ways that's kind of this the humanistic kind of personal touch that Stan Lee was putting into his comics that made people resonate with them so much. It's not just about the hero,
2: it's about the person behind the hero and specifically the problems of the hero.
0: And then normal more people yeah. problems. That's right. Yeah. And that's what Canell kind of had in mind. And in the early episodes especially Ralph's home life takes a huge part of the story story. He's, his girlfriend that we'll talk about in a second is an attorney that he met when he got divorced from his wife. His ex-wife plays mm. a role. His son, mm. Kevin, who he has partial custody of, cops up many, many times in the show. That's a problem I have to deal with, juggling my son's custody and that kind of thing. Uh, that stuff kind of went by the wayside later. But early on, he was a really fleshed out character. And
2: this he was thrown in the midst of this that he wasn't really Prepared for it all. So what you're saying is that that was all first season. But then when they went after the sec the different audience, they kind of dumbed him down, I guess, a little bit. They just stopped focusing, right? They just stopped talking about that yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, mm. it, it wasn't key to the story. Now, interestingly, in the first season, the character's name was changed from Ralph Hinkley to Ralph Hanley because, like, they okay, yeah, they changed his name because John Hinkley Jr. shot Reagan oh, March 30th, 1981. Nice. Oh. And they're like, well, they're going to think this guy's related to the guy that shot the president. Of course, I was going to think that. Right. Right. It was kind of a knee jerk reaction, <laughs> but I get it. They actually chose the name Hanley to replace Hinkley because Mm. they knew we're going to have to go back and overdub a bunch (laughs) of shots they'd already done. And they realized that your lips and teeth and mouth look the same when you say Hanley
2: as when you say Hinkley. So did Hinkley never go out on the air? It did in the first few episodes. episodes. And it came back in the second season. They brought it back. Wait, they they changed his name a second time? They changed it back to Hinkley. Yeah. (laughs) We're going after a different audience. They don't know what his name was. Yeah, they don't care. We can just change it.
0: I think they realized what you did, George. It was a knee-jerk reaction. And they're like, you know, maybe it can, his name could be Hinkley. Other people can be named Hinkley. You know, maybe the only name that's ruined for everybody is just Hitler. We just won't use Hitler, but every other name is fair game. <laughs> God help, help us if,
1: up there Either if there's I some
2: mean... serial killer that's ever named Smith. God help Hollywood. Hey, right, right. Hey, 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 none of
0: that. Every, right. I am just All saying. these Smiths around the world be changing their name to Smythe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Why don't we move along to his his associate? So Robert Culp, great, great, long-time storied actor, was cast as Bill Maxwell. Now, Bill Maxwell is actually a mediocre FBI agent. He's not a big deal. You would think, again, this is set in like run-of-the-mill. Connell was trying to go, let's look at people who aren't the rock stars. He was kind of struggling. He's a bit put upon by his superiors. When he gets involved with Ralph, he gets to become like a great FBI agent because he has the backing mm-hmm. of a supersuit.
2: So I got to ask again, I asked this kind of earlier a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask again. Now you've got these aliens who were mm-hmm. supposedly advanced further than us because they have a supersuit and mm-hmm. spacecraft to fly around in. Yeah. They pick a mediocre LA teacher and a mediocre FBI agent. <laughs> For what reason? Well, like. <laughs> I, I know that you- don't I, like run of the mill like pick either a completely downtrodden person yeah or a yeah. completely awesome person why in the middle like
1: that they did pick them both like they both like they did it mm-hmm. was a team they picked two of them they said you know you get the suit you're going to help them with the mm-hmm. suit right and figure out what to do okay maybe they just had some qualities that worked I don't know well um,
2: like they, DNA yeah. <laughs> yeah well
0: they they do talk about it periodically there are a few other times in the series where you meet up with the aliens again mm-hmm. uh, through many coincidences they never actually get the instructions as they would much delight dis- like, like to but definitely we, we learn later in the series that Ralph and Bill are not the first duo they've chosen. Right. They did choose specific people before for other qualities, and it didn't work out. They abused the power. Ah. So it turns out the aliens have come back and looked for someone else to choose based on other criteria. And even they ask over and over, we're not qualified. Why do we have this ability? Yeah. And there's, it never really clearly answered why, but the aliens believed in them and knew for whatever greater reason. Maybe it was like humbleness or something like that. It could be. It, yeah, could be humility. It could be the fact that Ralph had spent his life helping disadvantaged children, so he had the the capacity to care for people a, that compassion. were in trouble. So there's, he definitely has the empathy and the caring. He just really didn't have the wherewithal or knew how to use the suit, and especially not having instructions, certainly didn't help, as I've said again and again.
2: <laughs> and Robert Culp, though, as an actor, mm-hmm. he, you're right, he's been in oh, cowboy geez. movies all the way forward. Mm. But I always thought of the guy as seeming like every time he delivered a line, he was out of breath (laughs) that fits yeah that kind of fits every time at the end (laughs) of a sentence or something like that he would do that kind of thing and so he felt exasperated throughout all my memories of this show Mm -hmm. like he was just like (sighs) here we go again kind of thing he's always put upon and
0: throughout the show he's constantly having to go and abduct Ralph from what he's doing like he has to go to school and take him out of class because there's some big case he's got to go like I said to his house and he's got his son you gotta pull him away from that there's always something that's pulling him away from his family life and Bill is the guy because without Ralph, Bill doesn't have the power. He's a
1: mediocre guy. Right. He can't just put on the suit. Only Ralph can wear it. I was always surprised in the show, even as a kid, I remember watching, trying to figure out, like, he's an active FBI agent. Mm-hmm. does he have a supervisor? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you definitely met his peers and his bosses, and he would say, hey, Cap, and he would he would right, grumble, but- and, he would, and he would get reprimands for doing stuff. And, of course, he's breaking all the rules and that kind of thing, as any FBI agent in yeah. a TV show does, but he gets away with it. <laughs> Mo, you'll remember this. You, you might remember Robert Culp later in his career. He was the voice you heard on all of the overhead speakers in Half-Life and Half-Life 2. Oh. Oh. That really kind of that syrupy, deep, kind of gravelly voice that he yeah. had that was always out of breath, as you said, George. You said, they used yeah. to, like a, as an ominous announcer throughout those games. Oh, cool. I, I loved how there's so many, like the guys don't take things as seriously as you would think, right? There's no, there's no reverence. They don't talk about, oh, well, the superhero costume and the, the aliens from outer space. Culp is all, always calling them the little green guys, the Martians, yeah. them guys up there. He just referenced them. And they always call the suit the jammy. Your red <laughs> spandex, or what, they just, you know, did, did you bring your jammies? Do you got the suit? Do you got your underwear? Yeah. They just always call it like goofy little things like that. I thought was uh, and I thought that that's how people would be. You know, it's like the difference between like Star Trek and the Orville, you know, where Star Trek could be hyper serious sometimes, and the Orville is like regular Joes working on a starship. I always thought this was that kind of regular Joe's dealing with superpowers kind of mm-hmm. thing. We mentioned his uh, I guess, fiance throughout the show, yeah, Pam Davidson, played by the lovely and talented Connie Selica. Ah, okay. She entered the series as just the girlfriend to Ralph. She, as I mentioned, was the attorney that helped him with his divorce. There's actually a, an episode later where she encounters the aliens and the aliens themselves dub her and say, they need the help of an attorney. Sometimes we want you to help them too. Cause before she was just kind of tagging along what and now that? she's like, she's what been kind of aliens are
2: these? <laughs> like, okay, well, do your own let's work. make sure he's got an FBI agent and a legal team. What, well, th- yeah. what yeah. kind of yeah. superhero is this? And he needs this kind of help. No, other superhero i've ever known has needed that kind of help yeah if you really want to help give me the dang instructions that's what
1: we're really right yeah. <laughs> like did you only print one copy mr advanced alien life form <laughs> well they, they do get the instructions several times during the show they get yeah, but there's always something wrong something happens i mean it's a super suit they can't be sewn
2: into the lining of the thing or something (laughs) why can't one superpower be you know the
1: instructions that would be (laughs) a great (laughs) power to have (laughs) your first power is you know how to use the suit that that would be awesome that'd be super helpful it was really funny though is that um on the show they had uh ralph's mom comes in i think a couple episodes only mm-hmm. yeah but it's played by barbara hale who's his real mom oh really who's yeah. the actor's real mom that the actor's real i didn't mom. realize that
2: ah and she
1: apparently she was a big deal oh. she was in like perry mason and, i know the name yeah yeah so she was like a big yeah. time in the whole tv shows you know life and stuff back then so i thought that was <laughs> just so like cute, though.
2: mom our show sucks can you come jump on set for yeah. a few
1: days and help <laughs> us out with some ratings <laughs> yeah, we have a name
2: you know it's it's funny that they would do that it, and not the
0: only time they did that. There's one of my favorite episodes from season two called uh, My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys that was all about the Lone Ranger and they brought in John Hart, who They'd actually played the Lone Ranger ah, on TV.
1: That's cool. To
0: be himself. Yeah, it, it was an episode where he was like, he was down on himself and he meets his own hero, this guy that played the Lone Ranger. Anyway, but yeah, they touched on a lot of popular people. In this case, he played himself, which is cool. <laughs> uh, so much talent. Maybe it doesn't all make sense in hindsight. You know, I maybe mean, it's like the Gallagher episode. Now let me know more about it. It looks weirder, but I still I still love it. But a few more, I'm not going to go through all the kids, but I mentioned that Ralph was an LA school teacher that taught disadvantaged kids. I just want to mention how important his class was (laughs) to the series, especially at the beginning, like any superhero series, the people closest to him somehow are the people who get embroiled in crazy stuff that needs a hero to save them. There was even an episode where Rhonda, who's basically the, the heartthrob girl, you know, the, the hot girl, her mom gets abducted by mobsters. Of course it's her mom, nobody else on
1: the planet. The um one of the the main I don't know you call it the main kid in the class. By the way, none of them looked below like twenty five. Oh,
0: they're all like 27, yeah. uh, twenty um, seven. Yes, yeah. yeah, super old. And this was supposed to be high school, right? This is high
1: school. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was looking at him, and he looked really familiar to me. And I realized that he was in um I don't know if you guys ever saw a movie called Eddie and the Cruisers.
2: Um, uh, yeah, sure. yeah, He's the main one of guy. my favorite series. <laughs> that's him. Oh, Michael Perret.
1: Yeah, Michael Perret, That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah, wow. He was the greaser,
2: yeah.
0: effectively. Tony was his name. Wow,
2: he really stretched from the Eddie and the Cruisers role. <laughs> he
0: He did not and it's it's interesting how i love throughout the series as he works with his class many of the shows start and end around his classwork where he's talking to his kids about something and then the adventure he goes on relates to kind of what he was talking to his kids about and gives him a new perspective to kind of inspire and teach the kids a little bit
2: so the classroom was the moral of the story
1: sometimes Sometimes. yeah it was kind of used that way here's a little fun fact about connie Do you know who she was married to I briefly? used to know this, honestly, but I don't know. Uh, Gil Gerard. Yep, that's right.
0: Oh, Gil Gerard. Oh, if you did look in our did back did catalog,
1: you can find a, an interview we did with him. <laughs> a wonderful interview with Gil Gerard. <laughs> and I'll throw a link in the notes. But they <laughs>
0: That's a long way to go. <laughs>
1: To get somebody to go look oh, at the got, got That's all
0: it matters, right? <laughs> Backtrack successful. <laughs> we plugged a video. All
2: right. My Gil Gerard bone is connected to my Conica <laughs> Yes, right. <laughs> That's disgusting.
0: <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast
2: that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation.
0: Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com.
3: You think you've got a weird relationship? I'm dating a guy who flies and he's not a pilot. No plane, no helicopter, no wings. We have a fast approaching unidentified object. I'm having a lot of trouble dealing with this. Look at it this way. You're one step ahead of Lois Lane. She never found out who Clark Kent really was. Take heart, America. Help is on its way. That's funny. The greatest American hero is coming to save us this Wednesday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain
2: oftentimes when we're doing one of these podcasts, we like to take a moment for each one of us to talk about our favorite item of the subject from the backtrack, right? So if we're Mm -hmm. talking about a particular band, maybe each one of us gets to say what our favorite song Mm -hmm. or album is, or if we're Mm -hmm. talking about a favorite actor, maybe their favorite movie that we like. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this case, we decided, okay, let's pick our most favorite episode or storyline yeah and Mm -hmm. to kick things off i don't have either of those (laughs) (laughs) because i honestly i have a hard time remembering it and it's not that i didn't appreciate the show i know i liked it when i was a kid but Mm -hmm. it's not a show that i was about to ask you did you actually (laughs) like it you did i did did like it it. (laughs) it's just not a show that i went back and kept rewatching watching mm. in repeats sure, or I anything that. of that nature. So it yep. didn't yep, sink yep. in as much with me as other shows did. The one thing that absolutely sank in with me to this day, I still can hear it in my head is the theme song to the greatest American hero by Kenny Logan. I remember it so well because I had a 45. And it was the 45 with a big hole in the middle of it cut out. You had to put the little adapter, the yellow thing Mm -hmm, in it to put it on your record player. And John, I've told the story to you, and I know you remember it, that I remember being a kid and putting that record on and standing on my bed in front of the mirror in my room Mm -hmm. and singing that song like I was the (laughs) rock star that everybody was falling in love with. And I was on stage (laughs) and I had hair and all kinds of (laughs) wonderful things. and. (laughs) <laughs> that's my most favorite part of The Great American heroes, that theme song. Now, you mentioned Kenny
0: Loggins. Did he do a
2: cover of it? Because the one on the show was sung by Joey Scarberry. Oh, maybe that's why. See... I don't even remember who really sang the song. <laughs> to me, that sounds know. like Maybe. Kenny Loggins. I don't know. He
1: conflated all these memories into yep. one I'm
2: telling you, memory. <laughs> next thing I know, he's going to be in a jet fighter somewhere running into the yeah. danger zone in my memory. I have no <laughs> idea. I swear I thought it was Kenny Loggins. Okay, so it was Joey Scarborough. Scarberry. 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 He's saying it. I, I'm right. not even going to yeah. get close yeah. with his name at this point. So we might as well move on. That's okay. And let Mo tell just his, just his Kenny Loggins. story. Let, just let it be Kenny let Loggins. It be Ken. yeah, it's fine. It's from now on. Right. He's the greatest song. Writer of our generation. So there we go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I have an episode. Again, I followed instructions. I did what we was supposed to do. Just, <laughs> well, you had
0: a memory just, of something. And, and that
1: I, actually, of it, I actually had a memory. Although I did have to go yeah. look up what the episode was, George. I didn't remember I remember, saying, so I remember this episode. Mm. It was really good. And I had to go back and rewatch yeah. it again.
2: It, it's the one where. Okay. So, well, I mean, that's better than me. <laughs> but it was um,
1: the season premiere of season three. So it was the final season. And it was called... Divorce Venusian style. I'm not even sure why, but <laughs> I remember this episode because it was so ridiculous that they threw everything and the kitchen sink into one episode because we had aliens. Like, you actually saw the aliens in this one, okay. right? Ah. <laughs> There's Nazis <laughs> – because you got to have Nazis. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Ralph actually gets shot not wearing the suit because they have a big falling out at the beginning of the episode. So, I mean, it had everything. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go – Ralph the synopsis. and the suit
2: have a big falling out? No, no, him and his partner. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, Bill and Ralph have a falling Bill out. Bill and Ralph, yeah. So but I'll just – the synopsis is um, Bill and Ralph have a major fight and Ralph quits the superhero business. When Ralph is shot mm, again. by a gang of neo-Nazis <laughs> – see, I wasn't making that up – The aliens who gave him the special suit bring Ralph and Bill on their spaceship in order to heal Ralph and talk about how important Ralph and Bill's work is to the planet. Wait a minute. So they bring him because he's shot Uh, in the shoulder.
2: I'm going to ask a question here. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Point of order. First of all, he gets he gets in a pissing contest with his partner, takes off the suit, gets shot by Nazis for whatever reason. Okay, I'll I'll let that go. Yeah. Yeah. But then they got to go have a physical and mental therapy session on the alien spaceship yeah okay that, I'm that pretty done. much is it. Yeah. That's, that's it, it. Well, into the Ralph podcast Ralph has tried to quit <laughs> yeah so did I done with this podcast <laughs> which is like, ridiculous he gets shot like
1: in the shoulder or something
2: and I'm like any hospital yeah. can
0: fix that
1: they can take care of that had they yeah. not
2: hooked him up with a medical staff yet they already got him a lawyer well but what happens actually they didn't have a
1: choice because the aliens took over the car and the <laughs> the, the, worst, the <laughs> best <laughs> worst scene <laughs> they brought the car into the spaceship the best worst scene is they're basically in a VW bus that's converted to like a mobile because it's like a hot dog thing. <laughs> it can apparently do over 100 miles per hour, which that by itself was the most unbelievable thing of the show. <laughs> that flying. was the most unbelievable. This thing. season three for you. They sit there and they look like, oh, we don't have enough gas to make it back. It pulls into a gas station, fills up the van. <laughs> do we have enough gas to get to 88? That's what I'm hearing at this
3: point.
1: <laughs> and so like you see like the they pull up, the gas thing comes off, it the pump comes off by itself magically, fills it up, and then they take off again.
2: What the God
1: <laughs> I mean, it was just the most ridiculous. And and the fact that he's shot in the shoulder, but you think he was like – had a gut wound or something from the way he was overacting. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Mm. I, I, it just had so much going on in one episode. I was like, how – they just, just threw everything they wanted to do in one shot.
2: I am so appreciative <laughs> of that detailed description because I now understand Stephen Cannell's ending to all of his shows where he just takes the paper and throws it but, in the air. He's like, fuck and it. Rips it out. <laughs> lands, that's what's <laughs> going to win in the this show. Really good.
0: Not this one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what
1: the hell? That one,
0: whoops, it landed in the outbox instead of the trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. So... Uh, they said, I, I, I don't know if it's my favorite episode per se, but it's definitely the most memorable. memorable by far because I was like, <laughs> Qualify. There's Nazis. You know, I'm like, and there are the, the aliens. Eat, like, there's not just one type of aliens. There's alien Nazis too. and a hot dog van. Yes. Mm. And a VW bug. Yes. That his girlfriend. Welcome drives. to
0: season three of The Greatest American Hero. Goofier yeah. and goofier. And they bring the girlfriend, too,
1: if I remember correctly.
2: They, and they bring the girlfriend.
1: Oh, she's employed by the aliens. Yeah, she's she's a right. lawyer. Takes off by they got to have too. somebody there, right? Yeah. I was like, psyched because they went into space ship which i was like and they see jupiter
2: (laughs) that was cool it was a nap every day wait 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 (laughs) it's titled divorce venusian style and they see jupiter not venus nope Yeah, that's he literally (laughs) just threw that paper in the air wherever it landed. That's what happened. I guess they missed it. When
0: Venusians get divorced, they go to Jupiter. Duh. Duh.
1: Yeah. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So so anyway, that's my most memorable one by far. So John, I think I have an idea what yours is, but let me hear it. What's your most memorable episode?
0: Yeah. So mine is actually is my favorite episode, (laughs) not just batshit memorable. I love this episode. It was early in the second season, called "Don't Mess Around with Jim." Is the name of. Sam makes
2: an appearance? No.
0: no,
2: okay. I'm, I'm but just clearly checking, derived from his. Son. Maybe he was a Nazi. I he don't does know. Not. <laughs> this is
0: actually my, the the Lone Ranger one I mentioned is my runner up. It's my second favorite episode. But they're very similar in a way that these are episodes of the series that do a little world building and they help get you into the mindset of the characters to understand why they would continue to do this crazy stuff. So the premise of the, of the whole episode is that there's this super hyper Elon Musk type millionaire who came from absolute dirt poor to be super super rich. Okay. He's just died. And there's, uh, there's questions about his will and where his money is going to go and that kind of a thing. And just a few, um, a few minutes into the episode, both Ralph and Bill are abducted by some guys and they take him to this aviation hangar blindfolded. And when they get there, the old man who supposedly was dead, the super millionaire is what? there. He's abducted. them. Why? Wait, wait, wait. There's a good reason. He's abducted yeah. them because he's like, I've been studying you for a long time and I know your secret. I know that you have this suit, I know that you can do superhero stuff, I need your powers to help me salvage my legacy and get this will, otherwise I will expose you to what? the world.
2: Okay, but he is the one who instigated his own death if he faked his own death, why is that, what was he trying to fix? I'm not going to bore you with all the mic
0: these are 49 minute episodes, <laughs> yeah. there's so that's much a, detail. let in- not
1: worry about the minutia.
0: <laughs> yeah, he had to fake his death because there were people in his org who were going to treat it yeah, wrong. Yeah. It, it, all that is set up that doesn't matter. Now I have to go watch this fucking series. Apparently <laughs> the great part of this is he's like, okay, look and, and Oh, by the way, he's like, and he wants to donate his entire empire to charity. So they're like, okay, we'll definitely help you then. So off they go to try to do this. They take him on a private plane while on the plane. They're like, well, okay, how are we going to find the guy? And we're like, oh, we'll just use the power of, you know, far seeing, telekinesis, how to move things with your mind. They're like, well, how do you do that? And the guy's like, well, you know, you you blank your mind like a sheet of paper and you push and whatever. Wait, like, this, is the, how it works.
2: this is the rich guy telling him how to do it. He's got the instruction book. Well, this is his lackey. His lackey yeah. No, no,
0: no. This, this old man's lackey is telling him. And they're like, wait a minute. How did that guy know how to use a power in the suit? So, cut to the chase. The beautiful part of this episode is the old man used to have a suit. He was someone who had it before. That's how he got his wealth. He abused the superpower suit okay. mm-hmm. to build his media mogul empire of everything. He was selfish. And the old man that's his companion, that was his partner. That was his agent. Okay. But so he's the, too old to so do the stuff Lacky's now. So, not
2: a young guy. He's an old guy. The that old part old of it is. Okay, yeah, Also an old, old guy. Yeah. Just yeah. like the old man. Exactly
0: right. So, they did have instructions. They did have a suit. But the aliens took it away from them because because they were abusing it. And so arguably, you might think that he was the last guy that had it before Ralph had it. i not really clear. We just know he had it mm-hmm. at some point in the past. Ultimately, though, yeah, they could deal with the thing with the will and there's all this stuff in the desert and all this uh, great stuff happens. Always with the desert with these people. Well, that's what aliens, that's where, they, that's
2: where you meet them. Well, that's because at the end, we see aliens again. Yes. <laughs> aliens apparently are deathly afraid of cities. If we ever have an invasion, just lock everybody in cities <laughs> Keep everybody out of the deserts <laughs> and we'll be fine.
0: Ultimately, Ralph and Bill, they get a better sense of like why they're here and what good they could do. And they see what bad could come if they abuse the suit. And it really kind of gives mm-hmm. them a new sense of uh, kind of purpose. <laughs> and the elderly guy and his partner are taken aboard the UFO and whisked away. Uh, arguably, maybe to have a better life because the old guy's in a wheelchair and they're about to yeah. die.
1: Maybe maybe made into food. Who knows? Yeah. Or
2: maybe
0: made into food.
2: How to <laughs> Exactly. bad guys are redeemed. I just have a plot hole question because oh, geez. it's yeah. there. It probably won't be the first one. Yeah. <laughs> or the last this one. This old guy and his partner had the suit previous mm-hmm. to Bill yeah. and his FBI yeah. guy. But arguably, those guys aren't so old that they were mm. around before those two were alive because – The FBI partner is ancient just in that series, from what I remember. He's middle aged. Did they, had they never seen the suit? Had nobody in the world ever reported on the suit before the teacher and the FBI guy get it in season one? Cause it seems like they should go, oh, yeah. I remember you. You were the one with
1: the suit back then. I mean, mm, that would yeah. have been big news, right? Well, there's no internet. So, and most, I think but most of these people ABC in the newspaper. <laughs> but when you see people in the suit, like most of <laughs> them they were just crackpots, crazy. Well, and
0: remember that this old man in this episode, he had the instructions. So maybe he wasn't as high profile yeah.
2: as Ralph is. Like he was using invisibility
1: power the whole time or something? Actually, there is an invisibility power. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he never uses it, though. But the aliens ask him why he didn't use the invisibility power. He's like, I don't know how. And then they no, leave. Only when he needs it. And then they leave. <laughs> yeah. Not let's Thanks for all your help, aliens. Then we leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love
0: that one and the other one for the reason that it, it gives you some history of it's not just these guys that the aliens have maybe been doing this all over the universe, going to different planets and finding, selecting mm-hmm. people and giving them this power to help the planet. But it just so happens that Ralph is having a hard yeah. time with no instructions. I,
1: I wish they, <laughs> they would have done more with that, though. I do, too. I do, too. Like in during the series, because it was super, like uh, suddenly it was like, oh, it's not a one-off. It's you're part of a, a bigger mm-hmm. story. You're stuff. part of a, You're part
0: of this continuum. Right. There's more stuff going on that made it feel a little more even comprehensive. Like, <laughs> like
1: George, can what you're pointing out is like those people, like the people who had the suit and these, there was time for somebody else probably to have a suit in between them. If, there was always, always something yeah. with a suit. So
0: Just something we never got to kind of dive into because after basically two and a half seasons or so, we lost it. I think when they tried to change gears, you lost your original audience in yeah. some cases that were adults. The kids came in, but they couldn't stay up late and watch it. And it just kind of started to fade, unfortunately. We get back from this break, though. We're going to talk about how Greatest American Hero continues to have an impact on pop culture today and how it's remembered.
3: You really can't ask for much more than that, can you people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you're a die hard Gen
0: X Grown Up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at GenXgrownup.com slash Patreon.
3: Wednesday Ralph for News and Old Friendship. Don't tell me you're still afraid of that spaceship. Come on, afraid. of blue green guys, come on. Give me a break. 24 hours, we start World War III. After a nuclear war, what's there left to win? And the aliens join the battle. Those missiles cannot be disarmed. You're the only one that can save the world from destruction. Does the greatest American hero have the power to do it alone? Find out Wednesday.
1: All good things must come to an end, some earlier than others, unfortunately, And um, mm-hmm. this show, actually, it only ran three seasons, right? So it ended February 2nd, 1983. Yeah. So it only had a couple mm-hmm. year run. You know, not, not very yeah. much. You know, a yeah. lot, lot of episodes, but not too much behind it. So it
2: started in 81.
1: Yeah, yeah I was yeah. 10.
2: Yeah. So I guess maybe that's one of the other reasons too why it <laughs> doesn't have the same impact on me.
0: But you never probably went back to watch it because you watched it when you were 10 yeah, if you like, watched it at I all. Yeah, I loved
2: Speed Racer, but I can't remember all the episodes.
1: Yeah. And also, yeah, I am not if the show was ever syndicated,
2: was it? They had to do reruns in the
1: summer though. Yeah. Oh, reruns. Yeah, yeah, it might not have been.
2: With only three seasons,
0: it's tough to get into syndication. Syndicators won at least five seasons usually. Yeah, it might
1: have had summer runs, but but I don't think it was ever syndicated, which also I think really hurt and why it lost you know, I don't once think it was so. done, it was kind of done. But yeah, so yeah. you know, it was, it was sad it went away. But let's go back to that theme song though. I know John, you had some interesting stuff about it. Well, yeah. So
0: George, you talked about the theme song. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of those things that's remembered to this day. If people like you don't remember anything else about the show, they remember, believe it or not, I'm walking on it, right? There were so many variations of the song, they went back and recut it over and over and over, used it as incidental music, background music, Joey Scarberry went and sang other songs for the show, uh-huh. but. It was used inside and outside the show constantly. It was composed by Mike Post. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. He's, he wrote a lot of TV stuff.
0: Mike Post did the music, Stephen Geyer did the lyrics, and Joey Scarberry was the guy, that, that iconic voice. Uh, it became very, very popular during the run, and it actually debuted on the top 40 Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number two. Yeah. Oh, I definitely from a TV have that show.
2: Memory, yeah, that it was huge oh, on yeah. the charts and the Casey Kasem thing at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
0: On the record world chart, it actually peaked at number one at one (laughs) point. So outside of the us it did even yeah. better
1: well wow. actually I thought they it was like one of those things where they just had a song and just added it to the show I didn't know it was actually written for the show I, I had written no for idea. the show
2: yeah I always yeah. felt yeah. like it, it had sense, to be right? because the lyrics were so specific it felt like yeah walking on air just has got to be flying right mm-hmm. yeah who could it be
0: it's just me it's like somebody who's special but it's it's only me I'm an average guy I definitely I
2: felt that if it wasn't for the show it felt because I don't know what fever dream you have to come up with that song without mm-hmm. the show's storyline in your mind already yeah, maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> maybe so. I'd
0: mentioned that his powers were Superman-esque, mm-hmm. but the suit had the powers, but not the man. That differentiation didn't matter so much to DC because uh <laughs> Yeah. Even though his powers are super general. The owners of DC Comics filed a lawsuit against sure. ABC, Warner Brothers Inc. versus American Broadcasting Companies, saying that you're infringing upon. It's a guy in a suit. He's flying around. He's got a symbol on his chest, and they thought it was like
2: that Donkey Kong and King Kong thing. Like they thought they had a good case. I'm really shocked that they didn't sue more on Shazam than Superman because the red suit with the red mm-hmm. suit and Shazam was kind of a bumbling superhero, oh, like right. Greatest American right. Hero was. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that that didn't enter into it. Maybe it did. Maybe it was part of the testimony. Maybe it was coming after. It doesn't surprise me that they sued because they needed money at that point. The DC did. Yeah. 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 Well, the case was dismissed.
0: Ultimately, he found it was different enough. It was just inspired by, you know, the superhero milieu and not Superman in particular. Uh, You know, and I I mentioned the the emblem on his chest. I I don't think I mentioned this before. Yes, it was symmetrical, but uh, people said what does it represent? People said it represents a certain Chinese symbol. Maybe Mm -hmm. it means that. But Uh Cannell said he was looking for something and he noticed his scissors on his desk and did a sketch that kind of looked like a pair of scissors so it kind of huh. you know, straight down at the bottom and the two handles yeah. on the side i never thought it looked like scissors but apparently steven yeah. J. can help
1: it. i thought it was funny how when they go in the alien spaceship all the aliens have that symbol on their clothes
0: of course right it's, so, it's like the like the superman world like, it's like yeah. you like that's your family right. crest
1: right same kind of idea yeah yep.
0: Well, when it wrapped up, they were trying to do a spinoff. They thought they could do something different with it. So what was in 1986, a new series has later been reverted as the final episode of the original series. But they tried to spin up The Greatest American Heroine, They had the bionic woman coming a $6 million man. Yeah. So they brought together all the principal cast for a pilot movie at NBC called The Greatest American Heroine. Ah. Didn't get picked up, but the pilot is really interesting. The idea was that Ralph has been discovered. Like, people know who he is. They know he's the greatest American hero. They know he's this. Sure. And the aliens aren't having it. They're like, we can't have your identity be, you can't be effective this way. And so they go looking for someone else and they come across this young lady and she's going to be the greatest American heroine. Well, well that didn't get picked up. They re-edited it, put the greatest American hero title card
2: on it and said, you know what? <laughs> it's just a big finale five years later. These so. aliens <laughs> seem to very be very country-centric. Like, only Americans. Well, that's try. We know. can be these heroes. Nobody else in the world. Well, maybe there's <laughs> one in France we don't know about. You know, maybe that's part of the bigger universe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Have
0: you ever seen the episode? I've never seen that episode. I haven't. I've never watched all of it. I, I I know the girl. It's You know, for me, the finale was the finale and that's just kind of a tag it's a coda on the end. But... I wish it would have been more. I wish they could have done more. And they've tried to do more.
2: It just hasn't really taken off. We'll talk about in a second, you know? I think it's very interesting that this show had this storyline and everything back then, and I barely remember it. But a show that's a little bit more modern that I remember very well that I feel must have been patterned off of this show is a, an old show, and I believe it was on NBC as well, called Chuck. I know we've had some discord people talking about Chuck a little bit. I don't know if either of you watched it religiously, but Chuck is a series about a man who works in a Best Buy type of store. Mm -hmm. And one of his old college roommates sends the special CIA FBI computer glasses to him. When he puts them on, (laughs) they dump this incredible database of information of all the world's super spy organizations into his brain. Ah, Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then for the rest of the time, people like Adam Baldwin And all these other people are around him, and he's still trying to live his regular life, but he keeps getting these flashes of things that he remembers Mm. when weird bad people happen into his world. And he has the abilities of like a super spy, like he can Kung Fu fight and all this kind of (laughs) crazy stuff. He just doesn't know how because he wasn't trained to do it like his buddy was who sent him the glass Uh, in the first place. Similar. yeah. It feels like the same kind of thing, like the fish out of water story coupled with getting powers out of nowhere. And now you have to go do good and yeah. there's people around you to help you out. Yeah. And you're trying to keep handlers. your little life going and
0: not wreck yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Interesting. I never watched that religiously, but I, I've seen a couple of episodes. And I know what you're talking about. It's, it's you know, there are no new ideas under the sun, but this one is mm-hmm. clearly, I would say, pretty well mapped onto a Greatest American Hero style story. Did he have any had a partner or a buddy he would team up with or get he instructions he had yeah. two. Oh, yeah. Now, th- because this idea can be recycled and used again, mm-hmm. there was a remake that went to pilot for Fox TV and ABC Studios back in 2017. we have I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before, but I know we have talked about it. We met some of the actors who were in the pilot. We've heard some, some background dirt from it. It was a great idea. The suit was going to be worn by Mira, an Indian-American woman, and millennial played by actress Hannah Simone. Mm. And the idea was, now we're going to take this fish out of water, somebody not knowing knowing their place in the world and map that onto a millennial who that entire group Hmm. of people don't know their place in the world. You know, they're kind of been handed a bum deal. And now she's handed this super suit. She just wants to finish, you know, college or whatever she was doing. And now she's been dumped this upon her. It sounded like a great spin on it, not just a retread. And it was going to be a continuation like this is, you know, decades later, here's the next person to get the suit. It never happened. I'm so sad that that didn't come to fruition.
2: I'm guessing that that must have been because around that time, New Girl must have been going off the air because Hannah Simone is most famous for being on New Girl.
0: Is she? Okay. Maybe was going to be her next thing. That's too bad. I was saddened. I had heard the rumors. I'm like, oh, it's coming back. Yeah. And the great thing is it would have revitalized interest in the original too when you get a remake, like just like the Quantum Leap has done now, people going back and watching Baculous Quantum Leap. Before we get out of this episode, I would be remiss if I did not ask you guys a round Robin question about this topic. You are Ralph. <laughs> you are approached by aliens. You are given a supersuit and told to do good, and you lose the instructions. How do you think <laughs> you would react? How would you behave? How would you handle it? Mo, go. Oh, geez. <laughs>
1: I, all right. Before I start, I had one point <laughs> about this show that always confused me. Okay, why did he not just wear clothes over the suit all the time? Sometimes he did. Once in a while he but did. But why not just always? Because that was the whole thing. It was like just always wear. Was like he's yeah. always talking about how like people see him, they think he's crazy, and I'm like he could walk around the suit under and not no one would care, nor even know. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Besides the point.
2: Maybe the cape couldn't flap in the breeze. Oh, you mean leave the clothes on over the suit? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I noticed that too. Why did it not work if you had clothes over it? I don't no, know. He had work, to take though. the clothes off for some reason, right? Yeah. Why not okay. get a black suit to put over it? So nobody can yeah, see you have exactly. the Goofy. I don't know. Okay, but anyway. Way. Okay, so moving right. on for
1: that. What would I do? Enough killing time. Back to your answer. To the question. Yeah, I sometimes think though. that's why I was just delaying <laughs> tactic. I would like to. Th- I mean, I would like to think that I would try to do good. Mm-hmm. I would. I would really, and I hope I would. I mean, at my head right now, I think yeah, I would because you know, like I said, I play video games and I can't play the bad characters. It's just, it just bothers me too much. <laughs> it's just too much it's like <laughs> the bad choices, evil choices. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. so I'd like to think I would do good, and I would just, but. I would probably find some quiet place for, like a year and practice and figure the whole thing out before I went there and like killed somebody
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay all right I I think I would try to look I would definitely try to do what I was asked by the aliens but I know myself too and I'm like what's it gonna hurt what's one lottery I mean come on
1: (laughs) just just to make my life a little easier while I'm figuring out how to use the suit so I don't have to focus on work right I just focus on doing good and that might exactly right I I don't want
0: to abuse it but I'm sure like how many times being invisible would be awesome you think about that when you're a kid i'm like man if i could get in the girl's locker room right now they're, they're, there's so many nefarious things that'd be so tempting to do i would try really hard and i would do the good work but i'm
2: sure i would use it for myself some george how about you okay first of all i don't like the look that was on your face before you asked me the question because it's like oh i don't really want to ask george oh i definitely want to ask george <laughs> number two i love how abusing the suit equated the lottery to you but not going into the girl's locker room that apparently was an abuse <laughs> i didn't like, say i was gonna <laughs> do that i just said as an example. <laughs> And why is it that I got to play the heavy in these three-way questions all the time? I've got to, we save George for the end because he's going to say he's going to be a jerk. Truth of the matter is I would be mad as hell and I Hmm. probably would try to give the suit back. Really? Because if they're going to leave me the suit Mm -hmm. and I'm losing the instructions and I can't call back to them, can't get back in touch with them for support or anything like that. To me, Mm -hmm. it's going to feel like a 1990s gateway 2000 computer and I can't get Bill (laughs) gates on the goddamn phone and i'm tired of this shit just let me go back to my regular high school teacher humdrum life where i was moderately happy i don't want to deal with the pressure i don't want to Hmm. deal with everything else just i'm done with it i don't need it i was doing fine before you little green guys came into my life I'm done.
0: So that happened and that was Ralph's attitude many times, but I have to ask you the follow-up. Okay. What if someone very close to you or very important in the world is in danger and you know you could help? Would you try it? Would you put it on or just go,
2: I'm, just, I'm not going to do it? I mean, in certain cases, Yeah. would like, my kids have been kidnapped by the rich guy who died and wants his will taken care of yeah. what the hell <laughs> ever bullshit that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put on the suit if I think... I know how to use it to help them. Yeah. But that's that's immaterial because I would do whatever I could to save my kids anyway. Or my wife is being held up. I'm going to put myself between her and the gunman. The suit has nothing to do with that inclination. That's just another
1: tool in the arsenal that you know you could yeah, but use. having the suit no. would make it a lot easier. It's the <laughs> gun
2: that I can pull out of my pocket. Well, yeah. maybe. Or it might get her killed because I don't know how to use the goddamn yeah, thing because cool. the aliens... <laughs> Don't give me the yeah. instructions. The reason I follow up, George, is
0: because your attitude is pretty much what Ralph's attitude is for most of really? the series okay. is he really would rather not have this. And several times Mo mentioned in his favorite or memorable episode that he had you know given it up in the Lone Ranger one. He put it in the closet, and said, I'm not going to do it for a long time, for a while. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens. And he keeps getting pulled back into it because it's important enough. You know, I'm so, sure
2: there are things that would pull me into it. Mm-hmm. I just there they would be a very limited like there's an. I'm going to get hate mail for this. There's a kid down the street who's getting, you know, run over by a car. You're not going to put the suit on to protect now? Mm-hmm. Not my that's kid. A, <laughs> that's natural selection as far as I'm concerned. Fucker shouldn't have been out in the road in the first place. Okay. On that note.
1: Views expressed on this show do not represent the views <laughs> of Dennis the whole? I don't know.
0: I don't know the kid. Maybe he's a punk. Maybe George is right. I'd have to check it. Right. See <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that we finally got around to doing this backtrack on the greatest American hero. Thank you guys for going along on the ride with me. Before we get out of the show, I want to take a moment to thank some more amazing human beings. You know why they're amazing? Why? Because they support us financially over on Patreon.com/slash/GenXGrownUp. Mm. up 2 in particular, I want to call out this time around a brand new patron, Vincent F. Just cool. joined as a patron just uh, just a few weeks ago now. Thank you, Vincent. Thank you so much for your support. Matt M., who was already a supporter. Mm-hmm. I feel like I say this every time. He gave us a raise. He bumped it up a little bit. He says, you know what? Nice. You guys are cranking it out, working hard. I want to support you even more. Very Vincent, cool. Matt, all of you
2: amazing people who support us over on Patreon.com. That's because com. we're nice enough never to call out the people who downgrade us. I would never do that. Shame on I you, you <laughs> Mario, for taking us How dare you? <laughs>
0: Doug, come on, Doug. <laughs> a dollar is too much, Doug. I don't know if there's a guy named Doug that did that. I didn't know. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was making that up. <laughs> it just sounded like a name I wanted to use. Of course, we would never do that. We're so appreciative of your support. If you've thought about supporting us and you kind of been waffling on it, this would be a great time. We are doubling down, working extra hard to make Gen X Grown Up fully sustainable. Head over to Patreon.com/slash Gen X Grown Up for as little as a buck a month. You too can support what we're doing here at Gen X Grown Up. That then is going to wrap up this backtrack edition of the gen x grown-up podcast don't worry we'll be back in two weeks with another backtrack and next week is the standard edition of our show until then i am john george thank you so much for being here yes sir mo you know i appreciate you always fun man fourth listener it's you though we all appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time
1: bye-bye see you guys take care buddy
0: no life no fun Fun. don't you know
1: Jed Grown Up is a
0: member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. I did George first last time, so I'll do him both first this time. I don't remember because because when I introduce, I try to flip flop, and I think last time because you freaked me out and went, hey. Can we rephrase that, please? Yeah, who I do first? <laughs> yes. Please. You don't want me to put you on my to-do list?
1: Yeah. My brain did not go there. She said that, George. And now it it can't can't not go there.
3: (laughs) Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly